Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Revolution Church. My name is Dan Russell. So happy to be with you this morning as we continue on talking about our series, Back to Basic. Now, if it's your first time joining us, welcome. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. You could have chosen to be anywhere else, but you're choosing to be here with us, and we're very thankful for that. So we've been learning about getting back to basic. Today's message is entitled, What if Jesus was our greatest influence? Now, we have a lot of influences, influencers in our life, and today we're going to unpack a little bit of that. We're going to look at where do we go when we run into a tough situation, when we really need knowledge? Who do we lean on? What do we turn to? And my question for you this morning is, what if Jesus was our greatest influencer? Well, what if we depended on him before anything else? See, John 4, 13 and 14 says, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst, or they will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. We're all thirsty. We're thirsty for knowledge. We're thirsty for peace. We're thirsty for happiness. The question is, what's our source? Before we dig too deep, let us pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you've given us the opportunity to come together this morning, to learn from you, to worship. Lord, to just thank you for all that you're doing in our life, for all that you've done, and for all, for all that you're going to do. Lord, we thank you for those that are joining on, watching this morning, for those that are watching later on. Lord, I just ask that you would use me this morning. Use me to speak to them, Lord. Let my words not be my own, Lord. Let them be your words. Lord, that your spirit would speak to the church for their edification, for their growth, and for their peace. Lord, we just ask for a special blessing to be upon each and every one this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So, when we read John 4, 13, and 14, it's important to understand the context here. So, you heard him say, when he spoke to her. Jesus was speaking to a Samaritan woman. She was not only considered unclean, she was an outcast even to her own people. And most people don't dig into it too far to understand that when Jesus was speaking to her, she actually was trying to avoid his teaching, even kind of gave him some flippant and sarcastic, snarky answers. And even after knowing all of that, Jesus still responded to her by encouraging her with the love of God. What happened? It took her wall down. See, his love was simple. He wasn't focused on her sin. He was focused on her heart. 
The disciples were even taught a lesson that day about what their real focus and purpose was and should be. See, we as people, we can overcomplicate things many times. And, you know, we, when we stop and look at where we've come as a nation, listen, we come by it honestly. Because when you look at our nation, we are far, far from what I would call basic. Look at where we've come. We've got cars that drive themselves now. I mean, I was pretty happy with the one that could parallel park itself, although I'm a pretty good parallel parker. But we now have vehicles, autonomous vehicles, that can drive themselves. Now, I may be talking to a few people out there, but some of you don't even understand the struggle Back in the day when you have to do driver's training and you actually had to turn and there was no such thing as power steering. You, you guys have no idea how you had to turn and turn and turn. Just the forearm cramp you would get making a left turn. Some of you are looking at me right now like I have a unicorn horn sticking out of my forehead because you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say no power steering. Yes, there were vehicles that did not have power steering. It was pretty tough. Now, think about other things that we can do. We can Zoom, Duo, FaceTime people across the world with no plane ticket, no expensive long-distance phone bill. Listen, some of you don't understand how tough it was to have a long-distance relationship back in the day. You're on the phone with your girlfriend, you better get your feelings out pretty quick because I'll tell you, the moment you got one of those long distance bills and you heard that scream down the hallway from your parents, relationship was over. Listen, I, I think I lost a few girlfriends back in the day because that phone bill. So, hey, if you're watching, I'm sorry. It was the phone bill, it wasn't you, it was the phone bill. So listen, we've come a long way. We, we, we've got packages that are getting delivered now and we're hearing that these packages are eventually going to be get, get delivered by drones. Drones, are you ready for that? Are you ready for the drone to just come and drop off your Amazon package? I know some of you were like, that would be great. Same day delivery, Amazon drone, there we go. I mean, I still remember being a small kid and one of my first jobs was my paper route for my parents. They owned a newspaper and me and my buddies would get in the back of a box truck and throw newspapers at people's driveways and porches. I mean, listen, there's a lot of character built when you get chased by a dog and you're delivering newspapers. So those drones better get ready for some good, good old character building. But we've got machines now doing things that people used to do. They are doing surgeries, automotive manufacturing. Well, they're even doing some food processing. But my question is, have we become so advanced as a nation that we started to outsmart ourselves? Well, let me tell you what I mean by that. Have we started to look at foundational wisdom as irrelevant just because we think it's outdated? What about foundational wisdom like Luke 6.31? And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Isn't that principle pretty timeless? Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Be kind to, to you. Be kind to me. 
And it's a pretty basic principle. Did that become outdated? What about Matthew 22, 37 through 40? Jesus said to him, You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Timeless, right? Love the Lord God with all your heart. Love your neighbor. Those two principles can take us far, even today. These are timeless lessons. Now, I'm challenging you this morning because I think we really have to stop and, and evaluate. Are we starting to believe that the Bible and its principles aren't relevant anymore because of its age? What about 1 Peter 1.25 that says, But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. Matthew 24.35 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And then we've got Isaiah 48. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. So are these messages expired? Are they now irrelevant? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So listen, I said all of that to say the word of God is true, unfailing, and it's timeless. But Maybe it's time for us to get back to the basics, back to some of the lessons that we've learned for years, or maybe going back to the true source, which is Jesus. See, when we be begin to believe and trust these facts, we stop searching everywhere else for answers that can only be found in him. So who are your trusted resources? Let's take a look at a few of them. When you really need to go somewhere and find something, what's the first thing we jump to? Google, Siri. Come on, yes, I threw Siri out there for all my iPhone people. I still have not converted, still team Android. I'm not going to the dark side. But Android users, we go Google, you iPhone people talk to that Siri person. They know everything, right? Just ask, you can find anything you need a recipe for food, directions, history lesson, it's all there. Social media, listen, you can keep up with anything and anybody, right? You can keep track of your friends, your birthdays, all of these things through social media. And hey, if it's on social media, it's gotta be true. I, I've had so many people come to my office or tell me, did you hear about that? No, where'd you hear about it? Well, it was on Facebook. So it must be true. It's a trusted resource. The media, well, you've got people that will only watch this news channel because they keep it real. But this one over here, that's not the right one. Listen, 
There's a lot of people right now that are searching. They're searching for that correct answer. They're looking for that trusted resource. Who is that one person, that one station, that one media outlet that I can count on to keep it real? What about those analysts? My goodness, you can listen to analysts. Some analysts are telling you the economy is, is going up. You've got other economists that'll tell you, look out, we're heading for a depression, a recession. And people are terrified. They're walking around with this immense amount of trepidation because why? They don't know who they can trust. Because some of these trusted resources that told us one thing, now we're hearing something else. We're seeing about it. You know, think about all the challenges that are coming with the vaccinations and, 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 and COVID-19. And people are just confused because they don't know who they can believe. They don't know who they can trust. They're hearing rhetoric here. They're hearing information here. They're seeing this data. They're, they're hearing that this data isn't true. And, and ultimately, it's creating this tumult within because they just don't know who they can trust. Politicians, listen, here's what I'm going to say. People have to start, they still have to think for themselves. Politicians are, are put in office to be a voice for the people, but the people still have to be able to think. The people still have to have opinions. The people still have to be able to have their own set of character and integrity and beliefs. And, and then it's our responsibility to voice that and, and hope that the politicians that we put in place will carry those things out. And, and it's still our job to pray for them. But is that our trusted resource? Is that our source? Physicians? You know, physicians have been under a lot in the last 18 months. I've talked to several and they're tired. They've worked so hard. They're, they're, they are trying to do everything they can to help. And, and I'll tell you, I talk to physicians often and miracles are happening every day. And I'm wondering if we've stopped believing in miracles because we've become numb to them. Because they happen every day. The birth of a child is a miracle. That person who went and for open heart surgery and they came out alive, that person for, that had brain surgery, the technology that we're, we're walking in right now, the things that God is able to do through technology and the gifts that certain people walk in, it's nothing short of a miracle, but we're so used to it now, we don't think miracles are happening anymore. Well, Facebook, how about the articles, the blogs? They all have a secret way to tell you how to live that perfect life. It kind of forces you into comparing yourself to others. You look at Facebook or these blogs and, you know, the other day I read the top 20 professions to get into for 2021. So I'm reading through that and it was interesting because then there were the worst career paths to go down for 2021 and three of the jobs were on both lists. If I'm a college kid, I'm pretty confused. Do, do I continue on this path or am I making the greatest decision ever? Now, when you get on Facebook and you start comparing yourself to folks, well, that challenge now gets in because there's little things that start to eat you up inside, whether you recognize it's happening or not, because you start looking at Facebook as a source of truth. You get jealous of that person who got that promotion or got that new job. It's not even a job you would want. You see those folks, kids, oh, I'm, listen, I'm guilty of this one. 
you look at their kids and their kids look so, so good, so well behaved. You look at your spouse, you turn around and you say, what did we do wrong? How did they end up like this? And then somebody tells you how great your kids are and you just go, thank you, thank you so much. You don't know them, but no, thank you, thank you. Uh, just joking, kids, I love all six of you. I do, I love you. Um, but listen, if you look at Facebook, everybody else's family looks hunky-dory, a-okay. You don't see what it was before that picture was taken and immediately after, but the right angle, the right filter, the right smiles, everything looks great. Those relationships, I'll tell you what, they look perfect online. And if you read the blogs, that'll tell you all the secrets to a perfect marriage, to a perfect relationship, to finding that right guy. They're all out there. How to make yourself the perfect companion for that perfect spouse who's looking for you. Listen, if you're not careful, you can read blog after blog after blog after blog and you lose sight of who you are. You're trying to be something that everybody else is saying you're supposed to be. And, and let's not even get started on vacations on Facebook. My goodness, some of my friends, some of you know who you are. You're making me look bad with these vacations. I gotta step my game up here. I mean, I'm looking at some of these vacations. Some of you are going to places I've never heard of before. Okay, now I'm saying all that to say, you know, Facebook, social media, media, when those things become our trusted resource, we lose sight of that. So my, my family has actually reminded me several times that it's not about how much we're spending on a vacation or where we're going, but about the importance and value of being together. So this one year, there was two different instances I'm gonna tell you guys about, but one year, we pile all the kids into the car and we're driving and we took them for a surprise spring break trip. And the kids are trying to guess where we're going and we didn't tell them, so it was a lot of fun as we're driving. And lo and behold, we took them to Niagara Falls. Now I had found a pretty good Groupon deal. I thought I had found a, a steal. Let's just say the room was a little tight for eight of us. Remember, in the Russell family, there are six children. So, it's a little snug. So as we're all kind of unpacking our bags, deciding what corner of the, the hotel room we're gonna sleep in, uh, I called downstairs and I asked, just out of curiosity, do you have any upgrades available? So the woman says, as a matter of fact, we do. And so I went downstairs and she gives me the key and said, you know, room 25, whatever. I said, oh, okay, great. So I grabbed my wife and I said, hey, they've got an upgrade available, come take a look. We get in the elevator, the top floor is the 25th floor. We go all the way to the top and it's the penthouse suite. I call down to the front desk and I said, lady, you're killing me here. You just had me bring my wife up here to show her the upgrade and you're about to tell me it's another $500 a night. And she said, Mr. Russell will do it for $100 a night. God's favor. I said, I'll walk in it, let's go. So I told my wife, I said, hey, listen, we're going to play a trick on the kids. So we're going to go downstairs and we're going to tell the kids that we've got to move to a different room and it's going to be smaller and there's no view of the falls. So we go downstairs, we say, kids, and 
really sorry there was a mistake with the reservation you got to pack everything up we got to move to a different room and we think it's going to be smaller you won't be able to see the falls but you know i'm really really sorry so we're we're playing it up we're having a good time with it so we get in the elevator and we hit 25 and my son kobe goes we're on the top floor and i said yeah but it's not viewing the falls and they, i think they've got a bunch of smaller rooms on the other side and i keep going on and my oldest daughter at the time, I think she was about 14 or 15. She looks at me and she says, Dad, stop. We're all together and that's what's important, right? Oh, my heart just sunk. And then the elevator doors opened up. They saw these two huge mahogany doors. They looked at me. I opened them up and the kids just ran around and ran around for hours. We decided we weren't even going out to eat. The room was so cool. We just ordered and ate in the room. It was that cool. And it was an awesome opportunity for us to just be together. Now, God had already put on my daughter's heart. It didn't matter the room we were sleeping in or what we saw. We were together. The value of just being together. Back to basic. You know, the, if you ask any of my kids which one of our best vacations ever, one of their best moments, and I've asked them, We've gotten a chance to see some really cool stuff, but the best memory for many of them was us when we just went to Mackinac Island for a day and rode bikes around and didn't even stay on the island that day. And the kids were just skipping rocks, throwing rocks up in the air, trying to hit the other one's rock. And we probably sat there for about 45 minutes. Nobody had their phone out. We just enjoyed each other's company. Just wonder, what could be healed in our families if we just got back to basic? Again, so often we overcomplicate things when it needs to just be simple. We overthink. We think we need to change direction just because maybe it didn't happen as quickly as we thought it should. Or maybe it didn't look the way that we thought it should when it was finally completed. See, John 15, 5 through 7 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask for what you desire and it shall be done for you. So wait a minute. Could it really be that simple? Remain in him. He remains in us. Wait a minute. No, no. There's got to be a secret. See, we always have to look for that secret. There's got to be a secret out there. There's always a secret. Secret sauce. And we look for someone to give us the keys to that secret. A trusted advisor. We will lean on athletes. <laughs> Just joking, right? But seriously, if an athlete comes out and says something, some of us are like, it's true. LeBron said it, it's true. I mean, listen, if a star athlete comes out and says something, how many people get behind it? We trust them. Why? Well, because of what we've seen them do. 
We've seen them come through in the past. We've seen them do it for our team. We've established a level of trust. See, here in Detroit, uh, for our hometown baseball team, the Detroit Tigers, what do we say? Who's your tiger? It's a big deal. You ask somebody who their tiger is, <laughs> they take it pretty personally. That's their tiger. Don't talk about their tiger. Now, why? That tiger has proven themselves to come through. What if Jesus was our favorite tiger? Isn't he trustworthy? Hasn't he come through in the clutch for you before? Well, what if Jesus was our favorite player? What if we trusted his word the way that maybe we lean on an athlete when they say something? Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, who spreads out its roots by the river and shall be green, and shall not be careful in the years of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I love that it says, shall not be careful in the year of drought. Think about what that means. In the year of drought, you're like, I know where my source comes from. Economist, you can say whatever you want to. You can give me whatever analytics you want to. You can run whatever data table you want to. The newspaper can say whatever it wants to. The media outlet, I know my source. And there may be a drought going on all around me, but I am not going to be careful. Why? There's no fear. There's no fear because I will continue to yield fruit because of my source. Because I, I trust in the Lord. Because I'm part of that tree that's planted by the living water. That's my source. So what if one of these extremely talented athletes endorses a product. Well, the, that's the secret. The secret we've all been looking for. And listen, you look at the fitness and weight loss industry, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Who do they get to endorse their products? Athletes. Because when an athlete says it's gonna work, this is gonna work for sure. So just for fun, I, I've heard from some of you that you enjoy some of the pictures I bring in sometimes when I preach. So I've got a couple fun ones for you, but let's look at some of these secret fitness tools that people actually bought. First, the Thigh Master. Listen, some of you are laughing right now, but some of you bought it. Some of you may even have this still crammed under your bed somewhere or in the closet. Second, the shake weight, guaranteed to tone your body. Just shake it, that's it. One of my favorites, the neckline slimmer. Guaranteed to get rid of that double chin. Neckline slimmer, I can't make this stuff up. Look, I didn't just put the picture on here. Any of you can get on your trusted resource, iPhone or Android, and look, this stuff is real. I can't make this up. This is one of my favorites. I used to love watching people run through the neighborhood in these. Sauna suits. 
That's right. Some of you bought them. I know you did. Don't listen. We're in church here, people. You can't don't lie to me. You know you bought one. It was a glorified trash bag and you ran around your neighborhood in a trash bag. But it was guaranteed to make you lose weight and you bought it probably at like two or three o'clock in the morning on a home shopping channel. But still this next one, get ready. Dumbbell silverware. Oh yeah. I didn't make this up. Retails still for $169 online right now. Facts. I can't make this stuff up. Got two more for you. What about six second abs? It's a breakthrough, people. That cheeseburger and fries that you had last night has no chance against six second abs. Just strap it on, six seconds, you've got abs. And then what about the old under the desk Stairmaster? You know, your, maybe your parents had it, maybe it wasn't you, but one of your parents had that under the desk Stairmaster that it was gonna burn calories while they were at work and they just kept moving their feet back and forth. Listen, when these products got endorsed by a famous star or an influencer, we saw trustworthiness. We saw reliability. We admire athletes because they're able to do things that we can't, but sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we have gifts that they could only dream of. You know, I've got some friends that are professional athletes and it's neat talking to them sometime because some of the things that we think are so cool, they're not so cool with, and, and they're coveting some of the things that we get to do on a daily basis. You know, let's not lose sight of our gifts and our values and our talents, because see, God has made us all different. No gift is better than another gift. It's just different. We've got to get back to basics. We've got to get back to understanding and believing that we have a calling, we have a purpose, we have a destiny, and it's up to us to walk in that, not go chase somebody else's. See, we're putting too much faith and trust in, in these people's words and these influencers and these trusted advisors. They're humans just like us. They'll let us down. But the one thing I'll tell you is we can put our faith and trust in God and he won't let us down. But we'll put our faith and trust in them when they endorse a product. So let me tell you about an athlete that if you see a picture of him, which I'm gonna have them put a picture of him up here in a second, you'd probably trust him when it comes to fitness. But it didn't happen with some unbelievable secret that was kept from everybody else. So I'm gonna show you a picture of this guy former NFL football player by the name of Herschel Walker. Now, many would argue that he probably had one of the best physiques in the NFL, possibly in NFL history. But most people don't know, as an adolescent, he was overweight and out of shape, and he could not do a single push-up. So slowly... He started to work on it day after day. One push-up, then two, then three. And he worked his way up to being able to do 25. He couldn't do it all in one set. He'd work his way up to doing as many as he could. And then 
he eventually would get to 25. Worked his way up to 50, then 100, doing the same technique. Slowly but surely, he kept increasing his reps until he got to a staggering 2,000 push-ups a day. Now in college, it slowed down. He only did 300 a day, but that's because he was running track and playing football for this little school called the University of Georgia. In June of 2021, at the age of 59, it is reported that Herschel Walker still to this day does 3,000 push-ups a day. But what's so unique about his workout routine was this amazing physique that he sculpted. He did push-ups, pull-ups, and sit-ups. That's it. No free weights, no machine, no spin bike, no hot yoga. Listen, there were a lot of things that he could have done then. He just kept it to basic body weight and one set of improvements at a time. Now, I'm not saying weight loss is your challenge. I'm not saying you know, getting in shape is one of your motivations or, or goals right now. But maybe diet and routine isn't something keeping you up at night, but whatever area it is that you are trying to improve or grow or gain some peace within, what would it look like if you gave God five minutes a day to focus on this subject? You pick what you're going through right now. Maybe it's your work. Maybe it's your relationship. Maybe it is your health. Maybe it's your spiritual relationship with God. Whatever it is, five more minutes, just five minutes a day. Could it be that simple? Could getting back to basics of just five minutes with God every day, one page of your Bible a day, maybe it doesn't have to be this perfect prayer that we've got to prepare ourselves and bring our perfect self before him. Maybe just a five-minute conversation with him every day. What's your roadblock? What, what's stopping you? What is that thing that it's that excuse that you can put in the way to say, yeah, I, I can't do that. Let's get back to basics. Could it be that simple? Five minutes of prayer, five push-ups. Well, who knows? Maybe five minutes of praying for your family, five more minutes of reading scripture, just diving in five minutes every day. We don't need to read the entire Bible in one night. Five minutes. Five more minutes praying with and for your significant other. Their pains, their goals, their dreams. Five more minutes to make a choice to improve in one area. Maybe it took Herschel Walker five minutes to do 25 push-ups. Where could we go with that same five minutes if we included God? So see, God is saying to us right now, try me now in this. Are you willing to give him 
five minutes of focus for your healing, for your peace, for your happiness? Is it worth five minutes? You're like, wait a minute, Dan. Five minutes? Well, wait a minute. Could it be five minutes? What would happen? What are you willing to give up for five minutes? I'm not talking for you to do a social media ban. I'm not talking for you to not, you know, watch The Bachelor or binge watch Netflix. I'm not telling you to get rid of any of that. I'm saying five minutes. What would it look like if you did that every day? Well, I'll tell you, it's 1,825 minutes. 1,825 minutes for God. Could it really be that basic? Could it really be that simple? See, I know you're busy. I know it. I'm busy. We're all busy. But are we really too busy to get back to basic? Five more minutes to learn to live and not just be alive? What's consuming your day? What do you wake up thinking about first thing in the morning? What, are, are you stressed out the moment that you wake up? What's troubling you? What's motivating you? What are you chasing? Are we out trying to just get through the day? Are you just trying to get through as fast as you possibly can and get to tomorrow? What are we rushing? What are we rushing for? There's a lot of things we can chase in this world. Status, money, but are we pursuing happiness? Are we per pursuing our own identity? Are, are we trying to be everything that everyone else is telling us we're supposed to be? Are we trying to be what society says we should be? Are, are we trying to be somebody other than everything God called us to be? So we have to get back to our source. I loved the other day when Dino was talking and he was preaching about getting back to basic and he told the story of when he was in the football game and he got, he got thrown into the football game and he didn't know what to do. And, and he said, after that game, he said, man, I, I didn't know what to do. He said, but I promised I would never let that happen again. He said, so I dug into my playbook and he talked about the way his quarterback helped him. Well, wait a minute. The Bible is our playbook. As someone who played football, someone who coached football, the playbook is everything. The playbook is the secret sauce, right? Because if you don't know my playbook and I execute my plays and, and I've got a good defensive coordinator and a good offensive coordinator and a good special teams coordinator, guess what? I've got a plan to succeed. But I need to know the playbook. Because as Dino said, when he got back out on the field the first time and the quarterback was telling him what to do, but he still didn't understand the plays, he couldn't do it full speed. He couldn't do it to the best of his ability because he didn't know the plays. You have the playbook and Jesus is your quarterback. He won't lead you astray. He already knows. He knows the playbook. He's been there. There's nothing that our source has not gone through that we go through. Scripture says it. There's no temptation, there's no challenge that we'll face that he hasn't seen before. Our challenges, 
He already has them. He already knows. So why not go to the playbook? Why not go to the source? Why not just get back to basic? Here's what I'll tell you. When you, when you start trying to search for Jesus, all of those answers that you've been searching for, that peace, that peace that passes all understanding, it comes to you. It comes easy. I know how hard it is to try to simplify it because we're all trying to figure out the same answers. We all want that same thing. And see, we need to get back to focusing on what's important. I remember reading Luke 10, 38 through 42, where it was talking about Mary and Martha. And it said, now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Get back to basics. One thing. Get rid of the distractions. Get back to your calling. Get back to that purpose that boils inside of you. Get back to what God has created you to do. Don't worry about what others have. Focus on what you have. Get back to the basics. Don't look at the phone. Look in the mirror. Look at who you are and start to see yourself the way that God sees you. Everything that he's called you to be, he sees you as beautiful, valuable, unique, called, chosen. His child. That's how he sees you. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. If God wanted you to be them, he would have made you them. He made you you for a reason. They can't do what you're called to do. They're not equipped to do what you've been called to do. They haven't gone through the fire that you've gone through to do what you've been called to do. So don't look for other people's lives to be something that they're not supposed to be. That's their life. This is yours. This is your calling. This is your destiny. And stop looking for everybody else to understand it and understand you. You've been created unique and different for a purpose. We got to stop dwelling on the past. Start looking toward today. We've got people who are looking and, and still looking past at the past and holding on to grudges and things that are holding them back. And we've got to focus on today, this hour. Get back to putting what's important in, first using what's in your hand today for today. Stop being scared to use your talent. Stop worrying if you're talented enough or qualified enough. 
See, in Acts, this one's real important. I really want you guys to get this. In Acts 4, 7 through 17, it says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, this is the stone that was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men which must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness, hear this, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. See, first off, Peter and John spoke boldly about their message, but it was simple. They said, you, you want to know? We'll tell you. It was Jesus. The man was healed because of Jesus. He was the source. They didn't try to put a bunch of bells and whistles or, or secret sauce on it. They said, if you're going to condemn us for doing something good, we'll tell you. You asked how? Jesus. It's that simple. And they couldn't say anything against it. They couldn't. Because when God goes before you, who can be against you? But you notice... There was a reason that the rulers wanted to make sure that no one else heard about that power, the power that came in the name of Jesus. They wanted to make sure that people didn't think that they could be unlearned, untrained, and do this. It's time to walk back to that basic power, that simple truth. We've been prepared for such a time as this. We're at this proverbial moment in our life where we're trying to apply for the next job before we're complete with the work that we're called to do today. We've got parents focusing on their children at the age of five and trying to worry about what they're gonna be in college when we should be focusing on finger paint. Let's get back to today. Let's get back to the foundation. Let's get back to the basic. Who are they? Who are we? What is our foundation? Some of us are coveting new relationships and, and, and God's saying everything you need, everything that you said that you wanted, it's right next to you. You just have to do the basics. 
You just have to do that one extra thing a day and be consistent with it and we'll get there. See, the foundational stuff is the simple stuff. We struggle sometimes with that principle of love because we're still convincing ourselves that we're not worthy of it. We're choosing not to accept it. The basic love of God, the foundation of our church, understanding God's unchanging love for your life. It's that basic, it's that simple, but it's that powerful. We've got to get back to the basics of accepting that love. It's time to get back to the basics and not overlook those voices that are speaking truth, even though it's basic. It's time to get back to the Peters and the Johns who may appear untrained and unlearned. But those that the world didn't want to give a voice to will be the ones speaking God's message louder and clearer than ever. God's people, it's time for us to get back to caring for others. It's time for us to get back to feeling good because we're doing good. It's time for us to get back to who we were when we were children. And when we saw another kid, we didn't see their color, we didn't see their gender, we didn't see their shape, their size, their socioeconomic background. We just saw another gift of God and we thought it was pretty cool and we made friends. It brought us joy when we saw that. You know, seeing each other's value and beauty in our differences. Romans 12, 4 talks about all the members of the body and how we have a need for one another, but we don't all have the same function. Stop trying to be a thumb if you're an ear. Be an ear. Let's use our gifts. I think I can sum all this up by saying, let's get back to being Jesus, who he was. Let's get back to being the hands and feet of Jesus in the world today. Why? Not just because it's our responsibility, but because we love him that much. It's time to get back to Jesus. Getting back to discovering that unchanging love. I just want you to think about one time in your life when you were so in love. It may have been a, a crush when you were in middle school, elementary school, high school. Maybe that first love in college. Maybe I'm talking about the spouse you're with right now or the significant other. But remember how you just couldn't get enough of them? How you just wanted to steal any possible moment with them? When I was talking earlier about that five minutes with God, what if we could steal eight, maybe 10? Why do you think we do seven at seven every morning to give you that opportunity to plug in and connect? Just that reminder, that consistency. But when you're so in love with Jesus, that you want to steal those moments. You just want to be with him. One more song, one more moment of worship. 
when you really truly walk in that love and you start to feel that love that he has for you, you won't desire anything else. So maybe this is a new concept that you've never heard before. Maybe you've allowed Jesus into your heart, but not to the deepest place, not to that intimate place. It was a deal, we're good. But as I'm talking to you right now, you're, you're recognizing that today, today is the day that you've tried everything else and now he says, try me now. Try me now for your healing. Try me now for your financial struggles. Try me now in your relationship. Try me now with your children. Try me now with your, with your health. Try me now with your heart. Maybe you've never heard about Jesus this way. Maybe today is the day that you're going to invite him into your heart for the first time. We're going to give you the opportunity to do that in just a moment. You're not here by accident. You didn't stumble onto this message by accident. There's somebody I believe right now that's watching this at this very moment and you're hearing this. You didn't even see the whole message. You tuned in halfway through. You wanted to get up and walk away and you're not quite sure why you didn't. You're like, this guy's a little off, a little weird, but look, there's something. There's something there. It's not me. It's him. Jesus is calling you. Jesus wants to be at that intimate place with you. So right now, as we go into prayer, we're going to pray for the walls to come down for those obstacles that we've allowed to stand in the way to be removed and for us to get back to the basic love of Jesus. And we're going to allow you who are opening up your heart for Jesus to allow him into your heart for the first time for the new step in the right direction in your life. So first, Let's pray for those walls to come down. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity this morning, Lord, to come before you. Lord, we're thankful that we can come before you with open hearts, with open minds, with all of our baggage, with all of our past, and knowing that our sins and lawless deeds, you remember no more. You see us as clean. You see us as righteous. You see us as your beloved. Lord, we ask for the distractions to be removed. Lord, the obstacles to be removed and for the walls to be torn down around our hearts. Our hearts that have put up this wall for protection against hurt, pain, and disappointment. Lord, we ask that those walls would come down as we trust in you. Lord, I ask for a special blessing to be upon each and every one that is just asking for the truth and for real answers this morning. And Lord, right now we're going to give the opportunity for those to ask you to enter into their hearts. 
So for those of you who have not had the opportunity before or have not made the choice before to invite Jesus into your heart, I'm just going to ask you to repeat these simple words after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I'm inviting you to be my Lord and Savior. Come live inside of me. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you paid for the sins of this world on the cross, and those sins included mine. I believe today that you are my Savior. You died and you rose again for me. Come into my heart. Dwell with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters, first off, if you prayed that simple prayer, congratulations. You have made the most powerful and instrumental step that you could have made for your life today. Please, just type in Jesus in the chat so we can connect with you. We're not going to hassle you. We're not going to bombard you with a bunch of stuff. We just want to help you along your way in your first few steps in this journey. We'll help you get plugged in. We'll help you learn about what it means to be a child of God. We thank you all for your support. We thank you for your continued diligence through the change. We know some more change is coming. But what I will tell you is, God hasn't changed. His word is still true yesterday, today, and forever. We're getting back to basics. So I thank you for allowing me this opportunity to share with you this morning, to worship with you this morning, and to just uncomplicate things and get things back to being a little simpler. So please continue to join us daily. Hey, that's seven minutes, seven at seven every morning. I know I said five minutes. No cutting anybody off two minutes early, okay? But if it's five minutes, find that five minutes. Find that seven minutes to plug in. Find that time to plug in and just get to know Jesus. He's your source and he loves you. God bless you, church. Let's finish off the way we do every week. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored and I'm deeply loved. God bless you, Revolution Church. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you, and if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.